Ducks fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. All right, welcome back to another weekly uh, Ducks and Pucks podcast. We have a kind of a crazy week here that happened. The, uh, the Ducks win a couple games, they lose a couple games, uh, players getting injured, players getting recalled, all kinds of action going on this week, and uh, we'll get you all caught up on that, answer some of your fan questions at the end, and then give you some updates about the uh, the website and other news. Uh, let's get started and go back to the, uh, the dreaded uh, Pittsburgh game, Eddie. Uh, this was the game that the Ducks did not start out well in. They ended up giving up three goals in the first period, one to uh, Carl Hagelin, and uh, basically the Ducks got off to a poor start, and it just kind of carried over the rest of the game, and uh, the Ducks could never recover after that 3-1 to one deficit. Yeah, kind of a bad time to run into Pittsburgh. I mean, it wasn't a great effort from the Ducks uh, in general. I mean, they did outshoot Pittsburgh. Uh, but just, you know, a poor start to, to begin the first period. I mean, they've been relatively good in the first period uh, throughout the whole season. Uh, Chris Kunin scores a goal early. Uh, Connor Sheary, the, the rookie, for he, he ends up potting another one. Uh, Getzlaff gets him back in it uh, with 50 seconds to go. Um, and then in, in Ducks fashion, that it seems to be lately, is he'll score a goal uh, and then get scored on right after. And, and who else but Carl Hagelin uh, on the breakaway and, Seem to be the you know the story of the night is, is breakaways as, as Crosby got two goals and four points and both his goals were on breakaways as well so uh, just just a poor effort all around I mean uh, Gibson's had his his struggles uh, in his hometown I mean we remember his debut where they I believe they lost six two as well to to Pittsburgh and you know not a good effort from from him in this game either but you know the, they moved on after this game. Yeah, I think the biggest story in this game was really Sidney Crosby. I mean, he he got two breakaways in this game. Uh, you know, the the second one uh, getting scored on and getting hooked down. Uh, you know, with a delayed penalty, he still puts it in the net. And um, I just think the defense in this game they just could not keep up with the speed of the Penguins. Uh, too many breakaways, too many odd man rushes, and that's kind of what really did it in for the Ducks in this game, Eddie. Yeah, and I, I think it's a different Pittsburgh team than they faced when they first faced them this season. Uh, they were on a roll at this point, just like we were. Um, and they've been playing better in, in a different style, a new head coach. Uh, he really focused, like you said, on the speed in this game. You know, Bringing in Hagelin helped them with that aspect as well. They've got some really fast guys, obviously Sidney Crosby as well. Uh, a couple of the rookies, Connor Sheary and some, you know, a couple other guys as well. I mean, when we looked at their lineup, no Malkin. Um, a bottom six of, of you know mostly AHL guys and some fourth liners in there. I thought you know this is going to be this is a good time even with Crosby doing so well to face the Penguins. I mean Malkin has been their guy this season up until Crosby you know started heating up and you know boy <laughs> was I wrong. They still showed. I mean even without Malkin they're a good team and, and you know obviously when you've got one of you know arguably the best player in, in hockey and Sidney Crosby on your team, uh, you know you're, you're never out of a game. Uh, that's for sure. That's exactly what you know Pittsburgh did to the Ducks. And you know we talked about this week too, and we thought that the Ducks would get six points. So after this game, I thought, uh oh, here we go. You know, are the Ducks going to have a poor week? And you know, you and I are going to have eggs on our face or what? But uh, luckily, the uh, the Ducks got back at it. Or you know, in the next three games, we'll talk about. You know, they earned points in all the games. Uh, Could have won all three. They won two of the three. So the Ducks did earn five points, which was close to what we thought. So it wasn't as bad. And uh, 
they went right back at it uh, to uh, you know Philadelphia after the Pittsburgh game, and basically the first period in this game, Eddie, was uh, reminiscent of how Pittsburgh played against the Ducks. This time, the Ducks took it to Philly. Uh, you know, it was really Ricard Raquel just going after him, getting two goals uh, in the first period. The Ducks out shooting Philadelphia fifteen to five in this first period to just dominate. And from that point on, you know, Philadelphia basically tried to play the physical game, which against the Ducks, that usually doesn't work, uh, especially with the additions on the team, uh, you know, uh, Stewart and Perron and some of the other players now, uh, Garbutt as well. And the Ducks, uh, they took it to Philly uh, physically and on the scoreboard, Eddie. Yeah, a very gritty game. And, you know, just, a, a, you know, another good effort by Raquel. He's had a great season, obviously, this far, a huge step forward and, you know, when he when he touches the puck, he's just you, you can sense he's he's gonna do something special. Every time he touches the puck, he's got that that aspect to his game. You know, I, I not to compare him to Patrick Kane, but every time you see Patrick Kane touch the puck, you know he he can do something special. And then Raquel has that about him. Every time he touches the puck, he's gonna try and and do can make a creative play, do you know do something special. And we saw that in this game. He had two goals in the first period, and and the Ducks got off to a great start and something more more used to than than the game against Pittsburgh. Um, and then we saw Chris Stewart. Obviously, he he got the penalty shot, and now three for three in his career. I was surprised to see he'd already had two, and he scored on both of them. He's three for three in his career. Maybe maybe we'll see him in the shootout a little bit more often when he comes back. Uh, obviously, we'll get into it in a little bit that uh, he broke his jaw and uh, or fractured his jaw in the Columbus game. But you know, a, a good effort from the Ducks. Uh, if, you know, Philly fought back in the third period, outshot the Ducks fifteen to five, and you know they they ended up getting a power play goal. You know, they 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 did a good job shutting down Giroux and. And Gossespierre and Simmons and them for for most of the game. Obviously, they grabbed the power play goal, but it was a great effort. You know, a solid effort away from home, and you know, almost a perfect road game. Yeah, I thought the, the Ducks played well. Like you said, the second period they pushed back. Stewart with the uh, the uh, penalty shot goal uh, really, uh, you know, put uh, Philly back after they were fighting it out, trying to get back into this. Um, you know, it, it was nice to see Cogliano too get that empty netter goal. Um, you know, he had gotten called for that double minor high sticking at the end of the second period uh, against Simmons, which that play, uh, you know, kind of irritated me. And, and I'll tell you why is um, because uh, Cognato basically hits Simmons' stick there uh, and it redirects into Simmons' uh, face. Then there's no initial penalty on the play uh, called. And then later on, they do call it because, you know, the linesman can go over and tell the referees that there's a penalty or whatnot. And, and that wasn't the part that really irritated me. But you know, with Cogliano, Eddie, we've seen this over the years where these types of plays happen to him where he's hit in the face, bleeding, no call, nothing. And it just was unfortunate to see it happen to him on the other end. I mean, it was the right call, but, you know, the Iron Man's been hit so many times. And how many times have we seen him, you know, bleeding on the ice? And, I mean, it's like no calls are, you know, given his way. Yeah, I, I think it was it – was- Nobody saw the call. That's what bothered me. Nobody initially saw it, and I honestly don't believe the linesman saw it. I think they just saw that he was bleeding. They missed the call. They assumed it was probably a high stick. Uh, you know, there was no complaints really from Cogliano. But you know, to come back and, and and I know he was bleeding, but to give him a double minor after missing the call, it, you know, it, it's kind of disappointing to see that. You know, obviously the Ducks were up three nothing at the time, but yeah, it, it's just a weird call. I mean, we've seen a lot of them lately. You know, obviously the. The, what Dave Tippett, when we saw against Arizona, where he got the longest challenge uh, in history and was able to challenge the goal and overturn it, and and then we see uh, you know this play where where the refs completely missed the call and, and then they go back and, and and change it. But 
you know, there's nothing you could do. I mean, luckily it didn't really impact the, out- the outcome of the game. Um, if it was a closer game and that, that had either put them ahead or, or tied the game, it would. I think we would have been talking about this a little bit more. Yeah, I agree. And, and actually, you know what? Philadelphia ended up doing themselves in on that because when they had the power play, uh, Simmons goes and cross-checks uh, Votnin in the back while he's almost you know laying down the ice. Borachek jumps in and, and he hits Silverberg, and you know he ends up getting a penalty. And this is just five seconds you know into the power play after the Cagliano penalty. So you know Philly, they really had a chance to get back in this game. Um, you know they did you know get a goal later, but you know if they would have kept their heads cool and played better on this power play instead of trying to take it out on the Ducks players, they really could have scored during that four minutes. And you know then the other goal by Simmons, you know they would have brought them within one, but. You know, that's the way that they wanted to play, and uh, it worked to the Ducks' advantage. Yeah, they, they were really frustrated, especially, you know, Giroux and Voracek and, and Simmons, that, that, that top line. You know, the only issue with the Flyers is, is having those three guys on that top line. If, if you can shut them down, there's not much else that they can do, and you've seen that a lot happen with them this season. They get frustrated easy. You know, Kessler was out there to against Giroux and Voracek and Simmons, and you know, he did a great job of shutting them down. Uh, I mean, barring the, the power play goal, they were non-existent this night, and you could see it in their frustration, and they were taking bad penalties because of it. Yeah, and I think uh, the refs and the net uh, saved uh, Voracek from getting uh, rocked because uh, if you saw Kessler after that play, uh, when Voracek uh, hit uh, Silverberg, Kessler looked like he wanted to rip his head off. I mean, he was you know livid, uh, rightly so, uh, after that. But uh, you know it, the refs held him back, and the net was in the way, so nothing further happened on that, which was good because you know Philly ended up getting a penalty, and we had four and four instead of that you know long four minute penalty kill. So that worked in the Ducks' favor, and the Ducks came out on top on this game. Um, they played pretty well overall. They you know weathered the storm uh, from Philly in the third. Like you said, they got more shots, but they ended up pulling up the win, Eddie. And then um, you know we went to Columbus, and uh, well, we just didn't do so well in this game, but uh, still got a point. Yeah, you know they started out pretty well, like you said. They you know it, it wasn't a, a great effort by far. Like yes, they were up two nothing, but Columbus was was playing really well this game. I mean they're a team that's in the pretty much the basement of the NHL, and they fought hard in this game. You know Perron got uh, the the first goal of the game, the first period, and you know they were playing a, a good defensive road game for most of the 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 first period and the second period. You could really say Columbus. Uh, almost dominated the second period. They played physical. They had yes. a they had a lot of shots, a lot of good chances. Um, and then out of nowhere, uh, Gatslav feeds the pass to Santorelli and he scores. And we think we're going to go into the the third period up two nothing. And you know, and then seven seconds later, William Carlson, uh, former Anaheim Duck, comes in and he scores his seventh of the season. And, and Columbus is right back in it. And and then you know they they come out of the third period strong. And, and Ryan Garbett, well, I mean. I don't think anybody would have thought he would have started this way in Anaheim, but he ends up sniping one over top of of uh, Corpus Allo, and you would think from there on the Ducks have been so good at closing out games they'd be able to close it out. But you know, Saad gets them back in it, and then a power play goal by Brandon Dubinsky in Columbus has tied the game. Uh, nothing to get solved in overtime, and, and I mean, at least they did pick up a point in this game because I think Columbus deserves the win, uh, but the Ducks should have closed it out up three one. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the way that the points uh, went in this, you know, obviously the Ducks got one and uh, Columbus got the two. And like you said, uh, you know, they could have had an early goal that was called back. 
Um, and uh, basically the Ducks, uh, for the second time, blew a two-goal lead in the third period. So it was unfortunate, but that was the way it worked, and, and the Ducks you know, went down in overtime. Unfortunately, the shootout wasn't kind to of them. Uh, Silverberg and Perry not able to score on this one. Um, but like we said, the Ducks came out with a point. Uh, the bigger story is uh, obviously uh, Chris Stewart. As we found out later, he gets in that fight and uh, ends up getting his jaw fractured, Eddie, and he's now going to be out four to eight weeks. Yeah, and, and that is disappointing after you saw how well that, that pair on Getzloff and, and Stewart line have been playing. I mean, Getzloff did leave the game as well with uh, what seems to be a broken nose because he comes into the, the Chicago game with a full cage. But, you know, it, it's disappointing. I, I mean, we all liked how he was playing. He got the penalty shot goal the other night. He's up to, I believe, eight goals on the season. And he's he's a guy that everybody criticized early on, and, and he's really, you know, proven that he belongs on this team he, he plays the, the you know plays the physical style well chips in on goals here and there and you know really contributing to the secondary scoring and, and he's going to be missed i mean hopefully he's back in time uh for playoffs because he, he's that type of guy you know he's a physical guy we're going to need him um and, and he's gonna you know hopefully slot back in on that line and, and with Perron and Gesloff. Yeah, I agree, and I, I think the recovery time, I mean, they said four to eight weeks, but I mean, I, I would look at it probably being closer to the four weeks. We'll just have to, you know, wait and see what happens, but I'm hoping he's not out too long, and, uh, you know, we'll talk about this, too, as far as um, trades and whatnot a little bit after we cover the Chicago game, but uh, with that, you know, the Ducks called up uh, Nick Ritchie again uh, for the Chicago game, and we thought he was going to play. Uh, you know, and then to everybody's surprise, uh, Stevens, myself, and I think everybody, uh, he ends up not playing, and Harry Zolderczyk uh, comes in instead and uh, plays on the fourth line for the Ducks, and they go into this game against Chicago. You know, the Ducks had played Chicago well twice earlier in the season, losing both in overtime, and no surprise here, this game goes to overtime, even though the Ducks really did dominate this game. I mean, they outshot Chicago 44-23. to They outhit him 52-26. to uh, they won ten more faceoffs in this game as well, but you have to give your you know your kudos to uh, Crawford there. I mean, he made some spectacular saves, Eddie. But at least the Ducks were able to you know get the win in overtime and get the two points. Yeah, and I mean, I think everybody was is looking forward to a an, another playoff series between these teams because every every game that Chicago Anaheim plays, you know, since the the playoff series last year, it, it's just great hockey. It always seems to be close. Always goes to OT most of the time, and. You know, just like in the playoffs and in the beginning of the season, the Ducks have been all in, unlucky in OT against uh, Chicago. But, you know, I think it was a great effort. I mean, barring Corey Crawford uh, just playing out of his mind in this game, the, the Ducks could have run away with this. Uh, I mean, he made some excellent saves. Uh, Gibson was playing well. Uh, unlucky on that, that first uh, Seabrook shot. He didn't really see it. And then, obviously, the, the second one goes in off Lintel and was going completely wide. But, you know, there's nothing you can do. you got you got to, you know, kind of deal with that and, and move on. And, you know, they played an excellent road game in, in a hard arena to, to win games. And, and, you know, they finally grabbed that one in overtime. Uh, they started off OT you know, a little bit scary. And it's what we've seen for most of the season. Somehow, you know, they end up missing assignments. And guys get in behind. Uh, Patrick Kane had a breakaway. Getzlaff did a, a great job at getting back. And, you know, they get a, a fortunate penalty. And, and too many men on the ice. Kane jumps to the boards a little bit early. And Getzlaff capitalizes. And, you know, finally, we get we get an OT win this season. <laughs> and 0 for 5 so far uh, until this game. And, you know, just a, a, you know, a great road win. Uh Without Crawford keeping them in there, I, I think it would have been uh, we wouldn't have had to even go to overtime. 
Yeah, I agree that you know, and also, I mean, it was really Brent Seabrook that was the only one keeping uh, Chicago in this game. You know, he's burned the Ducks earlier in the season and uh, getting points in this game. He had two goals, one on the power play. And uh, if you look at the way the Ducks came out, though, I mean, you had scoring from all over the place. You had Silverberg getting that gritty goal in front, uh, Perron chipping in, and then uh, obviously Getzloff with the game winner um, to take him out. And uh, the Ducks did play better in this game uh, against Chicago, but, you know, they played well against them the whole season. Uh, if you look at uh, Kane and Taves in this game, they both only had one shot on net. So Kessler did his job against Taves. The rest of the team did their job against Kane. And uh, the Ducks really eliminated their chances. And, and, you know, this game, honestly, the first uh, period and, and part of the second was kind of boring. I mean, there wasn't really a lot going on in this game early on. Um, and then it started to open up a little bit in the second period. And uh, finally, the Ducks were able to pull it out. So it, it, this is a huge win. Um, it's a statement-type game. Uh, the Ducks are going down the streak here. We're, you know, neck and neck with the Sharks now. Uh, you know, one point behind them, it seems like, every night or either tied. So, it, you know, a big, big win, uh, you know, going into this next week's uh, game, Eddie. Yeah, and when you can shut down, I mean, the three best forwards on, on Chicago, I mean, they had a couple power play chances, too, where – the, the forwards were just shut down. I mean, like you said, Taves had one shot, Kane had one shot, Panarin had had no shots, and you know those are the three guys you're gonna have to focus on in, in, in this team, and they're on two separate lines, so shutting them down is a little bit hard. I know Kessler was tasked with shutting down Taves, and he did a great job again, and and then the whole team really, whoever was on the ice against Kane and Panarin, were out there, and, and you know you know force having to force them to make bad plays and and you know block shots, and and they did a really good job limiting the chances. I mean. The, winning the amount of faceoffs they did was helpful. I mean, uh, Taves was the only one on their team above 50%. He was at 58, and uh, the the Ducks won 36 uh, faceoffs to Chicago's 26. And you know, it was just a great effort. I mean, uh, you got to give a lot of credit to Kessler trying to shut down one of the the best you know players in, in the league, and for the whole team in general, just just shutting down this team and and having a, you know a great effort and a hard building to play in. Yeah, and some other uh, you know notes from this game too. This was the Ducks' 800th uh, win um, that they talked about, uh, so that was kind of special getting it against you know the tough team of the Blackhawks. Also, uh, Silverberg's uh, goal there was his hundredth career point, so that was another added bonus in here. Uh, so you know everything looked really good um, for the Ducks in this game, the win and everything. Um, the only bad news, unfortunately, that came out of it is. Uh, Gibson got ran into at the end of the second period. He ended up finishing the period, and then Anderson came in. And the latest, at least at the time of recording this, is that uh, according to Eric Stevens, uh, Hudobin was recalled. And uh, as far as uh, Gibson and what kind of injury he has, we don't know uh, specifically what it is. They haven't said officially, but obviously getting kicked in the head, you have to start thinking of concussion-type issues or symptoms similar to that. Um, again, it, at least at this time, it's not been reported whether or not that's been an issue. Um, but I'm hoping Hudobin just recalled for uh, precautionary reasons, Eddie. Yeah, it, it was an awkward play. I, I mean, a, a flying leg almost uh, off bounce, and he gets a knee to the head. Um, you know, it did look bad, but it, it wasn't too too hard of an impact. And I mean, he did play the rest of the period, which is which is sort of a good sign. Obviously, him leaving uh, isn't good, and hopefully, uh, um, it's not a concussion. Um, I think they might have taken him out of the game for precautionary reasons. He might have had, you know, some symptoms that were wearing them. Um, and and I think, like you said, Hudobin coming up uh, just because we have a game coming up so early tomorrow, being at one one p.m. Pacific, uh, having him, you know, possibly having to go into the game uh, if Freddie's not able to go, or 
if he has to come in as a backup. It's not a great option. You know, he should get his rest. They have a back-to-back. So I think, you know, Hudobin coming up uh, is just precaution. I think you would expect Freddie to probably start against Calgary, um, and then we'll see, you know, if, if Gibson needs to be out for longer or if he's ready to go against Edmonton. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I know, obviously, when we find out more, we'll update you on the website and, you know, social media and all of that as well. Uh, kind of want to talk about, you know, some of the players here that have been doing better for the Ducks, Eddie. Um, you got to look at Ryan Getzloff. Um, 19 points in his last 15 games, three goals and 16 assists, as opposed to 35 games uh, with 23 points uh, earlier in the season. So, I mean, that's huge. Uh, you know, the way Getzloff's been playing, uh, obviously being on Perron and Stewart as his teammates has helped as well. Uh, that's going to have to change up. Uh, you know, we saw Santorelli and, and Garbett playing with him, so we'll find out, you know, who he's going to play with on Monday. But uh, you have to be really happy with the effort of Getzloff. Uh, you know, he's shooting the puck more, gets the game winner against Chicago. Uh, you know, just all around, he's been doing a lot better, Eddie. Yeah, and, and him and Perron are both plus 10 now on the season. I mean, the... That, that line has done everything right. I mean, defensively, they've been great. They haven't been scored on too many times when they've been on the ice, and every time they're on the ice, they seem to make something happen. If it's not a goal, it's a chance, or you know, they get a good forecheck, and, and, and it's just a, a good compliment. I mean, Getzlaff and Perron are both big physical guys uh, who, who you know, they can make something happen on the puck, and, and then Stewart compliments that too as he crashes the net. He's physical as well, and I think obviously him not being on that line is, is going to hurt them a bit, but I believe Santorelli was on there for a bit. Garbett was there trying out different guys, and you know it still worked. Perron ended up scoring, and, and they had a great night against Chicago. Yeah, and uh, Getzloff's got four multi-point games in a row now, um, you know, the way he's been streaking lately. And, you know, you talk about Perron, he's got, you know, three multi-point games since he's uh, come over to Anaheim in 11 games now. Um, he's got five goals and six assists in those 11 games. He's scored, you know, at least a point in eight of those 11 games. And, I mean, that's just a crazy improvement. I mean, you look at how he did in Pittsburgh in 43 games, and he only had four goals and 12 assists. So he's already passed the goal mark, you know, and one-fourth of the time in Anaheim, Eddie. And uh, hopefully he just keeps on producing. Yeah, and you know, one thing he said is he likes playing with Getzloff because he slows the play down and, and that benefits his style of play because he likes to do the same thing. And I, I think that's the big difference. I mean, when he played in, in St. Louis, they, they slowed the play down. I, I He probably played with Bac- Bacchus at the time who, who played a similar style to Getzloff. And, and I, I, I think that, that play benefits him. I mean, he, he is a, a, still a pretty quick player, but you know, playing out with Crosby or with Malkin or with, with these guys who can just zip up the ice and, and kind of leave you behind... You know, it doesn't fit his style of play, and obviously he's he's clicked. I mean, 11 points in 11 games. There's not much more you can ask for. He's shooting. I mean, his shooting percentage went up. Is is one thing we said that is going to have to be key. Is he's going to have to up his shooting percentage, and it's up a, a, an insane 22.7% right now. I'm sure it will eventually even out. But you know, the way he's playing right now, it, it's just great, and I, I don't think we're going to ask for any more. Yeah, exactly, and and you know even to throw it in there, your uh, your favorite duck, uh, Ryan Garbutt, you know three goals in nine games, two of them have been game winners, and you know he's going to see an increased role too now with Stewart out as well. So you know I don't know if he's going to be on that line with Getzloff or not. I mean he he was for a good portion of that game against Chicago. It might depend on the opponent, Eddie, but you know he's going to add some offense too, and uh, he's going to see some more ice time as well. Yeah, he's got two game winners out of his three goals too, and I like how he's played. He's played physical. He's he's quick. I mean, he's faster, a lot faster than I thought he was, and and he he just he never quits. He plays every shift hard. He forechecks hard, and you know, like we saw with with his last goal, you know, he he gets in it and, and he just snipes one. He's got a, a deceptive shot. 
Uh, and he's got a really accurate hard shot, and and you know it's not it's not accurate all the time, but when, you know when he we we've seen so far, he's got three goals already in nine games, which is which is a lot more than I think uh, a lot of people would have expected from him. Yeah, definitely. So the Ducks are going to keep rolling. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about some of the games coming up here, but let's get to some of the fan questions uh, that we have here today. And you know, basically talking about how the Ducks are doing, we have uh, Matt asks us how deep do you see the Ducks playoff run this year and. I think this question's a little early to talk about, but if the Ducks keep playing the way that they are, Eddie, even with some of the uh, you know some of these injuries that are happening, I think the Ducks can make another substantial run this year. Uh, will it go all the way to you know the Stanley Cup or not? You know, I don't know. That's debatable, but I definitely think the Ducks can you know at least win a first round game, get to a second round, and and you'll know, have a good chance to you know get back to at least the conference final. Well, I think they have a shot. At beating all these teams, you know, you know they can beat them all, and you know they're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna get swept against any of these teams. But it, it's a hard trip. I, I mean, there's no easy games ever. Uh, you're, you're most likely gonna play San Jose uh, or, or at least LA. You're gonna play one of them in the first round. You know, the the way the Pacific Division is shaping up with the two wild card teams, most likely going to to be uh, from the Central, and and you know the second place team in each division plays each other. So if the Kings hold that first spot, it's it's Anaheim San Jose in the first round, and that's going to be tough. Uh, I mean San Jose, we all joke about how they've choked in the playoffs and you know, for so long, but you know it, it's a different atmosphere in there with a new coach, uh, you know, a new style, and they still got relatively the same players. They're a good team. It, it, it's going to be tough for them. I, I mean, you got and if you get through them, I mean your reward is is most likely playing LA unless they get beat by you know one of the, the wild card teams in, in the playoffs soon. You know that, that that's never an easy trip to play against, and most likely you'd have to you play them with the, they have home ice advantage, and and then if you, if you, you manage to get through that, well you're probably gonna play Dallas or Chicago, uh, and you know we we saw that all three games against Chicago how close they were this season. I mean we all remember the the Western Conference final last year, um, and you know you get through all them, and then normally you'd be like oh okay it's Eastern Conference not too bad. Well you know this year. Uh, you've got the Washington Capitals who are just playing out of their mind, and I, I don't think anybody would bet against them right now of making the Stanley Cup final. Uh, that's a hard trip to have to go through all those physical Western Conference battles, and then to have to play the Washington Capitals possibly in the Stanley Cup final. You know, I think they can do it, but it's going to be really, really tough. I agree, and I, and I think still that the Ducks are going to have to make a move, which you know we're going to uh, bring you some trade deadline. Uh, action. We're going to be on Blab uh, that day, and we'll be reporting stuff live uh, to you, and you guys will be able to sign on on there as well. We had a little bit of technical difficulty earlier this week, and we apologize for that, but we will be on there. We will be live. You'll be able to ask questions and whatnot. We'll we'll post the link and all kinds of info as the days come up. And uh, I, you know, I, I just think the Ducks still do need to make one more move, Eddie. Um, you know, they bring up Richie. Um, you know, Zolnerchek played instead. Um, they're going to have to figure it out. And, you know, Stewart's going to be out at least four weeks. Horkoff's still serving, you know, his uh, suspension. He's still going to be out for a few weeks too. Um, you know, with the abundance of defensemen, and you know, obviously we've heard some of the rumors and whatnot. I, I think they still need to make one more move to, you know, get all the way. That, that's just the way I look at it. Now, unfortunately, you know, if they didn't have the issues with Stewart and Horkoff, maybe they probably wouldn't have to make a move. And this kind of leads into the uh, power play situation. You know, the Ducks have been uh, four for twenty-seven uh, with Theodore out. 
So, you know, the Ducks are going to make a move, Eddie. I think they'll, uh, you know, try to trade a defenseman and try and get another forward because that's really what they're going to need uh, to, you know, push this team, I think, over the top in the playoffs. Yeah, and, you know, there's some interesting names out there. Um, from the rumors that I've heard, uh, you know, you can you can never say if they're true or not. You don't really know if they're true. But with some guys, um, Murray's mostly looking for apparently, apparently a, a young guy who he can control. Uh, you know, he doesn't really want to, to bring in an, an older guy with a big cap hit that has term. Um, but you never know. I mean, there are some good guys out there. Like we've mentioned before, Louis Erickson, Andrew Ladd. Uh, you know, Andrew Ladd stuff is heated up with, with the uh, the Jets signing Buffalo into a long-term extension. You would expect him to probably be traded so they can get some assets for him before they lose him. Uh, it doesn't look like they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, another guy who I, I haven't mentioned yet this season, and I don't know if many people have really talked about because he's been there for so long, but uh, Eric Stahl in Carolina, uh, he's a pending UFA uh, coming up this year. He does carry a, a pretty big cap at an $8 million, but I don't see the, the Carolina Hurricanes um, having any trouble retaining some of that salary to, to bring in some guys. And, you know, they're always looking for some defensemen. Uh, they, they've got some good young ones there now, and Ryan Murphy and Noah Hannafin. Um, you know, they, they, they've got some good young guys there, but that, you know, uh, Votnin wouldn't hurt there. And, you know, they're always looking for, for some young defensemen there for sure. And, you know, he'd be a, a good guy to bring over too. I believe he, the, he played uh, on an Olympic team. I, I don't want to say for sure, but I, I believe he played on an Olympic team with Perry and Getzlav at one point in his career. And, you know, he would be a good fit. I think he's a, he's a big physical forward. Uh, I think he'd benefit from, uh, from playing, he playing on the wing with, uh, either, you know, Kessler or even Getzlav and, and, you know, I think he could fit perfectly, maybe with with Getzlaff and Perron on on that line. I mean, he is a big guy. He's a he's similar style a little bit to Getzlaff and, and a pretty good passer as well. And you know that could be an option for them too. I, I mean, it is a big salary to bring on, but at a pending UFA, it, it it really is nothing because uh, you you don't see them resigning him. He'll probably go to UFA, so that's a, another option for them as well. Yeah, you mentioned Stahl, and that's a big name, and, you know, that's one that the Ducks could try and go after, you know, I, I don't know, because of the contract size, like you had mentioned, and that kind of leads into, you know, our question from our very own Tyler. He, you know, talks about Stamkos and whether or not the Ducks would try to go after him, and, uh, again, that's a huge salary, obviously, and now you're talking about even a bigger name. Uh, which, you know, that's going to involve lots of players if it's going to be something like that. But, you know, the news, Eddie, uh, we talked about before the podcast, uh, you know, the word is is that something's going to be done by the trade uh, deadline with Stamkos. So I think, uh, you know, what we may find out come February 29th, uh, at least what's going to happen, where he's going to go or if he's going to stay in Tampa. Yeah, you know, the thing with some of these other UFAs, like I mentioned, Stahl and Ladd and, and Erickson, you're going to have to give up uh, some stuff, like some pretty – valuable prospects or, or some you know pretty good roster players to get them but I mean the level you would have to give up to get Stamkos I mean he's only 26 he's one of the, the top 10 players in, in the NHL you know you could maybe put him in the top five at, at you know sometimes you, the way you can see him play and, and the skill he possesses but yeah it, it's it's such a rare situation to, to have a guy that is such a good player, he, you know. Like I said, top ten in the league, and, and to possibly be leaving a team at UFA or, or you know trade at the deadline, it, it's a weird situation. Uh, you know, he he does carry a seven point five million dollar cap hit right now. Um, like I said, he is a UFA, so that doesn't really hurt too many teams. And uh, you know, obviously you have to fit him into your lineup, so that's going to be hard if you're against the cap. So that that eliminates a lot of teams. Like you, you probably won't see you know Chicago or. Or you know Washington or, or or you know Pittsburgh, some of these teams against the cap go for him. 
but there's definitely some some teams out there. I mean, the Ducks have a lot of cap room. Uh, they can work it around. Uh, they, they have the, the assets that that Tampa Bay wants, but it's hard to see them move him at the deadline. And I think the only reason it teed it up is because his agent got on and, and talked to a couple people. Um, I believe primetime sports um, on sports night here, he, his agent got on and said, you know, the deadline will clear things up. Stamkos has said the same thing that the deadline will clear things up for them and you'll get a better idea of what's going on at the deadline. And, you know, that that's an interesting thing to say, because you don't really have to say that. And, you know, it's made people a lot of people wonder is is maybe they trade him at the deadline because if you don't trade him and you can't sign him and, and he's resigned to going somewhere else, you lose Steven Samkos for nothing. I mean, you you can't lose a guy of that quality for nothing. He, even at a UFA and as a rental, he'll fetch a pretty high price. I mean, he's gonna instantly improve any team he goes on it, and and some teams will make them favorites. I, I mean, this is a this is a 50 goal scorer that you could be trading for at the deadline. Uh, I mean, you've re- you've, I don't think it, that's happening maybe ever at, at the trade deadline. So this is going to be huge news. Um, and, and honestly, I think this is the, there is definitely a good chance he does get dealt at the deadline. Yeah, I agree with you, Eddie. I mean, if Tampa Bay doesn't feel like they're going to be able to re-sign him, I mean, the prudent play is then you trade him and get as much as you can for him because you don't want a guy like that walking. I mean, that's just insane, like you said, to see someone like that of that you know caliber uh, just go bye-bye in the summertime. I just I really highly doubt that's going to happen. So I think Tampa Bay would work it out and get him re-signed. If that doesn't happen, uh, I mean, it's going to be some craziness going on come the trade deadline. And like you said, the Ducks the Ducks could make a move. They have the room to do it. Obviously, they'd have to give up some serious you know, players and, and either prospects, draft picks, or maybe all of the above to do it. But if the Ducks really want to win now, uh, this season, and they go get Stankos, I mean, look out. Uh, you know, The bandwagon in Anaheim is going to be bigger than the one in L.A. I'll tell you that much if that actually happens. Now, the chances of it happening, I don't think it's highly likely, but, you know, I'm not going to rule it out. I mean, it's definitely a player I would want on my team. Uh, if you want to talk about making us instant contenders this year and the next couple years and really, you know, making a push, um, we could do it. But it's definitely going to be costly. It's going to cost us some players, I think. Yeah, and, and to, you got to look at this. There's no way we, we re-sign him after this. I mean, this is a rental. If you think you can win the Stanley Cup this year with Steven Stamkos uh, and you and you're you, I mean, you don't win the cup, and you do you, you do this deal, you lose the deal no matter what. I mean, you're get, then you're giving up all those prospects for nothing, because there's no way he's gonna fetch market value uh, when he goes to UFA, and, and that's ten to eleven million dollars per year. There's no way the Ducks can can resign him for that for that value, and then he'll end up going to a team that can. I mean, a lot of people have said Toronto is gonna be in for him. Um, I mean, there's gonna be tons of suitors for him, but yeah, you don't make this deal unless you know that you're going to win the Stanley Cup. And obviously that's hard. But, I mean, he comes to the Ducks. It's hard to write them off against anybody. I mean, Getzlaff, Perry, and Stamkos. Uh, like, that instantly addresses your scoring issues. And it makes you just a an offensive powerhouse. But, yeah. I mean, you would have to expect we'd give up our first-round pick. Uh, you know, probably Votnin. You know, maybe a prospect, Richie or Nason or Cadillys. You know, it... And then another, I don't know, another piece that you'd have to give up a lot because this is a this is a superstar that you'd be pursuing. And if you don't win the cup, like I said, the, the deal's a, a bust, and you gave up those prospects for nothing. So yeah, I I don't see it as a you know Murray doesn't 
doesn't like to give up prospect for nothing. I mean, it is Steven Stamkos, but yeah, I, I don't see him taking that risk. But you know, it might be hard to pass up the opportunity. Yeah, I mean, it's just something we're gonna have to wait and see. I mean, you know, like you said, I, I don't think it's likely because, uh, as you mentioned, if the Ducks were to do it, they would want him to be on the team for years to come. And like you said, it's a huge high price tag, and that kind of leads us into our other question. Uh, we had one from Zach. He asks, you know, about uh, Raquel and Lindholm um, getting resigned, and you know, obviously those guys are issues. So is Anderson too. I mean, the Ducks have got to, you know, shore up these RFA's, Eddie. Um, I mean, unless they try to go after a big name player like Stamkos and they trade away a bunch of the RFAs, this is something the Ducks really have to work on. And I do think that they will keep Raquel and Lindholm, especially with the agent situation getting cleared up with uh, Anderson and Lindholm. Yeah, you would have to think Raquel with his improved play. Uh, he's a guy that that they're already talking with, and, and you know the, he has to be resigned. And, and Lindholm's another one as well. He's been arguably our best defenseman all season. Over the last ten games, he's been amazing. The way He's distributed the puck, the way he's played defensively. You know, he laid a pretty nice hip check on Hosa last night. I mean, he's going to be one of your top defensemen for the next 10 years. I mean, you have to re-sign him. Um, and then it comes down to it as well. I mean, Anderson, you would you would expect him to resign him, but you never know. I mean, it all depends on, on how much he's asking for. You would think Gibson is probably the goalie for the future. I mean, Anderson's a great goalie. They're both really good goaltenders, so it's a tricky situation there. I mean, that kind of leaves Vatanen out there as well. I mean, he's been up in, in trade rumors. Uh, if he doesn't get traded, the, you, you don't have to trade him because he's an RFA. You can still trade his rights and get something for him. So I, I think, you know, that's the that's probably the last guy they deal with, and, and they figure it out from there. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and we're going to find out, you know, real soon here in the next couple of weeks because, you know, I'm still of the opinion you trade one of the defensemen and you, you get that forward you need. I mean, uh, obviously – Stamkos is superstar quality, and I don't think it's that level. I think it's more of, you know, we've talked about other players. Ladd is one of my favorites. Uh, Erickson's another one, too, that's been, you know, thrown around out there. And, of course, Murray said that, you know, he's looking at players that haven't been mentioned either. So, who knows? Maybe your right install comes to town. I, you know, I don't know. But the Ducks will make a move, I do think, before the trade deadline, um, especially now with Stewart being out, which is just completely unfortunate. I mean, he's done so well for this team. He's done so much added physical play and scoring. Um, so that's something they're going to have to look at. In terms of the goalie situation, I'm still of the opinion you keep both, Eddie. That's the way I, I feel. I, I think that they're, you know, if you can do it financially, I, I talked about this on social media earlier this morning, actually. If you can do that, that's what I would do. If you can't, then, yeah, you know, you bring Hudobin up and then you, you trade probably Anderson. I mean, I, I don't know if that's going to happen. I, I don't think it will, uh, you know, with the agent situation getting cleared up. But as we've seen, Murray's done some things before, so it, it's just something we're going to have to keep our eyes on, Eddie. Yeah, you know, I, I think you resign them now. I think there, there there should be enough space to resign them. Um, and then down the road, if you think you have to trade one, then then you can they're under contract and you get more from them than you would for trading their rights. I, I think it's uh, I think it's a no brainer really to sign them right now to sign both of them and and you know just wait it out i mean i don't think they're both going to com command you know high value over five million each so i think you you should have enough room to sign both of them for now to, to pretty you know pretty good contracts for, for both them and for the team um and then you you figure it out from there you you, you see who you want to run with for for the long run i mean I, I think they're leaning towards gibson because of his age and uh you know the the difference between him and freddie but you know, you sign both and, and you, you, you know, you keep it going. You, you get another shot at deciding who you want as your number one. 
Yeah, that kind of plays into this coming up week here. You know, the Ducks are going to play Calgary tomorrow, 1 p.m. Pacific time, and then Edmonton the next day at 6 p.m. So, you know, it looks like uh, Anderson's going to get that start tomorrow. Uh, nothing official yet. We do know that uh, Hiller's probably going to go for Calgary uh, with Kerry Ramo being injured uh, this weekend. So it looks like uh, that's going to be the matchup tomorrow. And then if Gibson can't go, maybe Hudobin goes against Edmonton on Tuesday, Eddie. I don't know. I don't know if they would put Anderson back-to-back. -back. So it's going to be kind of an interesting situation this week. We've got three Pacific opponents uh, again. And the Ducks, you know, these are all four-point games. These are teams that are all right behind the Ducks. Uh, the Ducks can win these three games, Eddie. They can really put some distance behind all of these teams and, and you know, make it a Sharks, Ducks, Kings, all California, basically, a playoff-type race. Oh, yeah, and I mean, the next seven of eight games are all against Pacific Division teams, so it, it, it's definitely going to be an important stretch. I, I mean, the Flames, Oilers, Canucks games aren't as important as they were you know, earlier on in the season. Uh, they've kind of created some distance between those teams right now. I believe uh, they are eight points up on uh, – eight or nine points up on Calgary and like 12 points up on, on Edmonton with some games in hand. So, you know, the losing a game here against those teams isn't a huge thing. Obviously, you would like to, to beat them. They're still Pacific Division rivals. But, yeah, I'm, I mean, they're, they're not as important games as they were earlier on the season. They're games they should be winning. Uh, you know, Hiller did come in that game against San Jose uh, for Calgary and, and play amazing and, and win them that game. But, you know, it's going to be interesting. I mean, the Ducks obviously know a lot about Jonas Hiller. They're playing in Calgary, where Calgary has played, you know, decent this season. They've been pretty terrible on the road, obviously, and especially when they they come back to to Honda Center on February 21st. I think we'd all expect a win there. But yeah, no, it's going to be an important two-game stretcher on Monday and Tuesday. It's an early game, like you said, in Calgary at 1 p.m. Pacific time, and. Well, you you would expect Freddie to go that night. We'll have to see how how Gibson is feeling uh, if he can go against the the Oilers on Tuesday, or you know maybe we'll see Hudobin. But yeah, no, it's still an important stretch against against Pacific Division teams. Yeah, and I think that the Ducks can win all three of these. Uh, you know, we kind of make our predictions, which you know we're not always right, but we're we're pretty close. And uh, I really think the Ducks can. You know, they should be able to take these three games. Uh, you know, looking at the standings, like you said. Uh, Vancouver is six points behind the Ducks, so it's not too far off. But you know, Calgary slipped down; they're nine points, and Edmonton's twelve points now in last place. So, uh, you know, the, the Calgary and Edmonton are falling out of the race here pretty quickly, and, and Arizona and Vancouver both at uh, you know fifty-six points at the time of this broadcast. So they're kind of uh, trailing in there too. So I would look for the Ducks though to win these games. I really do. I think the way that they've been playing this last week. You know, obviously they had a terrible game against Pittsburgh, but if you look at the other three games, uh, they could have won all all three, and they won you know two out of three. Uh, you know, a little bit of a lapse there, especially in the second period against uh, Columbus, but the goals are still coming; they're still scoring. So, uh, I would look for the Ducks to hopefully win these three games, uh, if not at least two out of three, Eddie. Um, and like you said, they're not as important, but still, you want to win the you know games in regulation. Uh, you want to beat the teams in the Pacific. Um, you know, the Ducks right now have 25 uh, regulation wins. Uh, the Sharks have 27. Uh, you know, and that's one of the tiebreakers, too, towards the end of the season. So that, you know, that could be a factor uh, when the Ducks come down to that second or third place in the Pacific if uh, the Kings do manage to hang on, which, you know, they've been slipping a little bit lately. 
Yeah, you know, I think it's important to get off to a good start here. I, I think the hardest game in the road trip is actually going to be Calgary. I mean, uh, Vancouver does have the better record, but uh, I, I think Calgary's a tougher team to play. They, they have the better record at home out, out of all three of the teams. And, you know, they, they're coming off a 4-1 loss to, to Arizona. Uh, you know, they've, they've got Goodrow, Sam Bennett, Sean Monaghan. I, I think they're, they're, they're a team that can, you know, have flashes of how they were last season. So you have to come out strong against them. And, you know, playing against Jonas Hiller, hopefully... You know they've they've learned a couple of things and know where to shoot on him since when he played in Anaheim, uh, but it's always tough to to go in against uh, you know a goalie who who catches with the right hand. It kind of throws some guys off. Uh, I think the advantage of, of a lot of these players have have been playing with him and and know how to to shoot against a goalie like that is an advantage. And then you know it, a big game going into uh, to Edmonton on a you know a back to back tired legs after playing Calgary, um, you know kind of an advantage of having an earlier game. You get a little bit more rest. Uh, but yeah, I mean Edmonton, it, it, their last game was yesterday, and their next game is against us on Tuesday. So they get two days of rest. They're a young team. They're going to come out fast, and you're going to have to weather the storm. I mean, Connor McDavid and and Eberle and Puglia, that line has been great. So you're going to have to weather the storm in the first period against that team, and, and you know then continue your physical play from there. I think those that back to back is going to be key, and and we'll have to see how they start against Calgary on Monday. Yeah, I agree. And once we find out the goalie situation too, which uh, you know the Ducks just got the report now that they landed in Calgary, so they'll be uh, practicing later today. So we'll probably have an update, um, you know, after this is uh, posted. Uh, you know, it seems to be what happens when we do uh, podcasts. Uh, usually, some team news comes out, you know, right after we record it. So uh, you know, obviously, if something comes up with that, we'll keep you updated. And um, hope you guys enjoy the updates that we've been doing on social media. Uh, we've been doing the game preview uh, with a little uh, photographic with the the team logos and whatnot, trying to change it up. I used to just try to find images on Google and stuff, but uh, now I figured out how to how to kind of put it together. Uh, some of you helped me, and I really really appreciate it. So I've been doing that for you guys this week, and um, also last night I had Phil Hewitt uh, Vine on the uh, the Twitter with him, you know, saying the Anaheim Ducks goal. I had talked to him earlier in the day and. And he had pointed out to me, so I was able to um, ask him and use it. So you may see some of that more. You know, just trying to change it up, get some more uh, stuff going instead of just the same old photos and whatnot. And uh, there's also been a Twitter poll that's been going on lately. I don't know if you noticed it. Uh, our friends at Everything Hockey have been doing one. We're in the finals, actually, Eddie. Um, I think right now we're trailing. But if uh, if you guys get a chance, go on Twitter and uh, go to Everything uh, Hockey and check out the uh, poll that they posted. Uh, it's it's everything hockey, but it's without the second E and everything. So it's E-V-R-Y uh, thing hockey, and it's on there. And right now we're kind of in second. But, you know, we've gone up against uh, RefuSuck and a few other people, and we've been winning. So it's not too bad, uh, Eddie. We may come up in second in this poll. Even yeah, it's we're, we're, we're losing <laughs> to Pavel Barber right now. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, we're up against the, some of the top hockey people on Twitter. I know it's just a, a little, you know, kind of funny contest here, but it would it would always be nice to to win against them. So yeah, if uh, everybody get on there and vote, I, I've already voted. I know a lot of people from Ducks and Pucks have already voted. So I mean, we'll be retweeting it uh, all the way through the finals. Yeah, exactly. In today, and uh, that's really it. We'll we'll keep you up to date uh, each week. 
Eddie and I will be back. Uh, like we said, we'll have a special uh, live show on the trade deadline day. We'll do that probably for a couple hours during that day. Uh, talking about the trades, you can come on there and, and you know discuss things with us, ask us questions. We'll have it all worked out. Uh, we went over the technical issues we had, so we'll be good there. And uh, hopefully the Ducks keep rolling this week. Uh, you know, a little up and down this last week. Um, hopefully we settle things down and uh, keep it going. And we'll be back next week. Let's go Ducks.